Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Matt Weiss and Ben Cohn, brothers-in-law and co-founders of Ryan Snacks. Prior to Ryan, Matt and Ben spent many years in the finance industry with a focus on investment management. Now they are unleashing the power of the peel with Rind, a better-for-you snack brand focused on whole fruit nutrition. With a product line powered by the peel, the company's craveable dried fruit blends maximize nutrition and minimize waste. Sitting at the intersection of two of the most powerful trends in CPG today, functional nutrition and sustainable snacking. The maker of skin-on dried fruit snacks closed a 6.1 million Series A capital financing round earlier this year, led by Valor Siren Ventures with a follow-on investment from Melitas Ventures. Ben, Matt, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. Thanks, Daniel. Great to be here. We're super excited to have you both today. Rind is it's a company that Rachel and I have been following for quite a while. We think that you guys have a really, really powerful mission that, that we've been super impressed by and super happy to, to really see the progress of the brand as, as you guys have continued to grow it over the last few years. Could you just talk a little bit about you know, where the idea for this big mission came from and, and really how Ryan got on, on its feet and started? Yeah, I'll kick things off. I'm also joined by my co-founder and brother-in-law in in business, Ben Cohn, uh, who I'm excited to be doing this podcast with. But the backstory on Rind and why we're so focused on fighting food waste really begins with a very simple question and problem statement, which is, if the rind of the fruit is the most nutritious part why are edible peels among the most commonly discarded food scraps? And when you look at it by the numbers, it's quite staggering. There are 8 billion pounds of annual food waste that are attributed to edible nutrient-dense peels. And that's just primarily citrus peels. And when you think of it in your mind, all of the oranges that go into a Minute Maid or Tropicana plant Each of those oranges, half of which is the rind and half of which is the flesh, the juice. And so much of that ends up getting discarded and believe it or not, turned into like feedstocks. And so for us, the simple connector of high nutrition, greater functionality, fiber, vitamin C, et cetera, combined with the sustainability mission and a delicious snack enable us as a brand and as a purpose-driven company to keep all of these nutrient-rich peels in the food system and essentially upcycle them to a higher and better use for the consumer and make it an easy, convenient, highly nutritious snack. Very clear. And I think what's interesting, uh, just talking about kind of my personal experience as a consumer is I think there's slightly a lack of education on kind of your first point about how the peel and the rind is is so healthy and nutritious and and being totally transparent. Like until I was introduced to rind and the brand, I just really had no idea that there was so much nutritional value to be found in in the peels and the rinds of so many fruits. And so do you guys feel like it's your responsibility really to, to educate as many consumers as you can about kind of the nutritional content of so many like rinds and peels of fruits, just because it's kind of a topic I think that, has kind of been undiscovered, I think, by a lot of consumers. You know, we definitely wear that mantle as a sort of leader in the sustainable snacking movement 
of wanting to amplify that message. It's it's our North Star, right? It's it's our brand name is our value proposition. We talk about keeping it real, eating the peel. And what I love is that there seems to be a cross current where more and more consumers are becoming aware of the nutrient-rich properties of uh, edible peels, whether it's in skincare, like, you know, essential oils, whether it's lemon zest, orange zest, you know, taking this to the next level and making them into snackable slices, we are enjoying some tailwinds. And then on our brand development side and innovation pipeline, I think we have really added some jet fuel to this notion of eating and consuming whole fruit and vegetables. And where we're going is taking rind beyond just the dried fruit category. I'm sure we'll get into it and really dimensionalizing what this brand that's focused on skin on snacking can do as a platform. And then one finer point to put on that, I think a lot of the education around the rind is intuitive to consumers. It's not it's not participating in a trend like keto, for example, where if you ask 10 people what keto means, you might get 10 different definitions. With the rind, it's just very clear what it's all about, maximize nutrition, minimize waste. And those simple concepts for me came from lessons I learned from my great-grandmother in the 1920s when she was uh, opening up her own health food store. And she had a philosophy of roots, rinds, seeds, and stems, all these forgotten scraps that for her in the depression stretched your food budget, but also maximized all the nutritional value. And I think the pendulum is swinging back toward an understanding of real food, whole food that our grandparents and great-grandparents would recognize as a snack and not something that has become highly processed along the way. So that's a little bit of the context of why we think the time is right and ripe, as we say, for Ryan to be bringing this message to the masses. So true. I mean, I I think more and more people, I mean, we're seeing companies like Imperfect Produce and people recycling and upcycling, and it's a big point of attraction for the consumer. So you started to touch on it. So I, I think we should go there now is kind of your product pipeline as it is now, as well as where you guys are going. I know you recently just launched the chips. So I would love to kind of hear from you a little bit about your product pipeline and how you guys have these different packs that are, you know, the cocoa melon and you you combine different flavors together, as well as now getting into this different category of these fruit chips. So maybe you can kind of just explain that to us a little bit. Yeah, I think, if, Ben, why don't you shed some light on Ryan's R&D and innovation pipeline. Sure. So, you know, we started with fruit blends, as you said, you know, I'd say our flagship, you know, line of chewy dried fruit, which is, you know, strawberry, which is one of our more popular um, blends, as well as cocomelon, uh, orchard and tropical. Um, and what those really focus on are bringing innovative fruits that a lot of consumers may or may not be familiar with. Um, I think in some cases, the strawberry, it's something that people are familiar with, but they haven't necessarily had a lot of it in dried form. And then there's also something like the orchard blend, which has persimmon, which may be familiar to some people, you know, in some parts of the country, but is generally new and innovative for a lot of consumers, particularly on the East Coast, where, you know, many, many people haven't heard of a persimmon before. All of our initial products were using traditional chewy dried fruit, but just doing it in innovative and, and new ways with 
innovative products as well. We tried to take that to the next level with our fruit chip launch, which, as you mentioned, came out over the summer. And with fruit chips, it is taking the same concept of the nutrition of the skin and, you know, the function, the sustainability and the innovation. But instead of doing it in chewy form, we're doing it thinner cut and crispy. And this is using products, again, that are very familiar to consumers. You know, I think one of the beautiful things about Rind is there's not a lot of education. Everybody's had oranges. Everybody's had orange juice. It's just we're doing it in a convenient way that uses the whole fruit. And our initial lineup of kiwi, apple, and oranges, we're using three of the more common, more familiar fruits, but we're doing it in a form factor that consumers aren't familiar with. Um, We think it's just the beginning. Um, We think there are a lot of fruits that are going to be um, potentially, you know, chip products or something like it in the, you know, the months and, and you know, years to come. Um, but we also think it's something that could apply to other categories as well. Certainly, you know, the, the nutritional value found in, in the peels and skins of vegetables, it's, it's sort of the same concept. Nuts as well. Um, so we think there's a lot that we can do um, as a skin on snacking platform, starting with fruit, but there's plenty, you know, to go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think we we see it. People people love the kale chips, the beet chips. People are trying to like I've seen like okra chips and mushroom chips. You know, people are you know getting into this category in new and interesting ways as a healthier snacking alternative. Can you explain to me the difference between the chewy and the chip? I understand like the consistency, but how it actually is made. So are they both? dehydrated or one is then baked? Like how, how is that made from a process standpoint? Yeah, it sounds very simple. One's crispy, one's chewy, but there's actually a lot of process and know-how behind the scenes. We use the same traditional methods of dehydration. So uh, what's different though is, you know, the thickness of the cut and the time in the dehydrator and certain fruits hold up better to lower moisture contents than others and retain that crispiness. So there was a ton of R&D that actually went into this, all of which occurred during the pandemic um, when we were formulating this concept that could be complementary to our chewy line and not, you know, and, and truly incremental. And what we found was that not only did there need to be innovation in the texture and consistency of the product, that craveable crunch people seek from a chip, but that we also bring innovation in terms of our form factor and to grow and extend out of the dried fruit set and be much more of a crushable everyday snack meant we needed to look and read like a chip on shelf and walk the consumer to the notion of this is an everyday snack. It's a fast shareable snack that you open the bag and you're going to, you're going to finish it. And you're going to share with family and friends, but you're going to crush it and dip it in hummus and guacamole and everything you would do with, say, a tortilla chip, you get that versatility here. It's unlikely you would do that with like a chewy slice of peach, which is delicious, but is much more of sort of an after, you know, a late morning or after lunch snack that serves a different need state. It's got much more of the classic toothsome chew to it that is good on its own and is a slower snack. And that's why we've done that in a resealable form versus the chips where the customer is encouraged to enjoy it like they would a bag of salty snacks. And we put it in a, you know, in the industry parlance, you know, a chip pillow bag. Um, And I think that's been one small insight that I think is making a, a big difference. And 
as Ben said, you know, oranges, unlike okra and mushrooms and even kale, which has become its own big business uh, with an esoteric vegetable, oranges are very uh, well-known and a readily understood taste profile, but never in a crispy chip form before. And certainly apple chips is a big, you know, well-trodden ground, but taking the fourth most consumed beverage in the U.S. of OJ and turning it into a crispy, craveable snack that you can have as a breakfast day part or, you know, dipped in hummus or with topped with cheese like a cracker, that's where we really get excited about the open runway for our chips line. Totally. I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head with the difference between really the branding. And I, I think your guys' branding is spectacular to begin with, but I think positioning the chips as really this like different unique form factor and the resealable bag versus the pillow bag. And I mean, I'm looking at the bags right now and I, I think you want someone to just like eat these as a whole chip bag versus like, I'm going to snack on a couple of pieces of dry fruit. So I think it definitely comes across the consumer that way. Yeah, Yeah, I think also just just to go a bit deeper on kind of the supply piece and and Rachel had kind of alluded to it earlier, there's just not that many kind of CPG players at scale that are really doing upcycling. I mean, there's you guys, there's Imperfect, there's a few others. There's a company that we like called Reblend that's kind of starting up right now as well. I mean, how challenging is it really to to get started with a supply chain that involves upcycling um, and, you know, that is adaptive, executional, that yields, you know, you know, a product in the end that tastes so great, considering the fact that, as you kind of alluded to, some peels can be a bit polarizing in flavor. How big of a challenge is that? And do you think that's kind of a barrier that's kind of keeping more players from coming into the space? I'll start and then I'd love Ben to weigh in, but I think it's becoming less and less of a barrier. I feel like consumers, if anything, are more skeptical of a product that looks overly, you know, too good to be true, or it's, you know, it's, it's oddly consistent from batch to batch without unique differences. And I think more and more consumers are embracing this notion of kind of ugly as the new beautiful, where nature's candy, you know, fruit should have cosmetic imperfections. It should be some of it is underripe, overripe. It's okay if it has sunspots. When you dehydrate it and turn it into a delicious snack, it's the great equalizer. And I think those barriers are coming down because younger and younger generations of snackers distrust big food and heavily processed foods and are looking for more authentic, real single ingredient snacks. So I'm not worried about that. The supply chain is definitely the area where you know, brands and upcycled players in this new movement can really help bring the category forward. And by working with farmers and aggregators to harness and change their mindset from what was a sort of byproduct of, you know, their fruit supply chain and taking their seconds and their their rescued fruit that would otherwise go to landfill or go to waste, and turning that into a new value stream, finding those farmers and changing those mindsets is the bigger challenge. And I'd say Rind is very fortunate in having started with a set of partners in California's Central Valley that are among the most progressive and forward thinking in agriculture and fruit and harvesting, such that we are building this sort of new 
value chain together of products that are uh, misfit or reject in some ways that we can turn into wholesome, nutritious snacks for consumers. Yeah, I love the way that that you describe kind of that evolution of the mindset of the consumer towards you know imperfect produce and, and a willingness to and kind of a, a desire to kind of be consuming products that aren't necessarily like in perfect form at all times because it kind of signifies that they've probably been highly processed. And then just hitting on that last point there, just to educate our listeners a bit. I mean, how are you really sourcing the majority of the rinds and the pills? You said you talked a bit about having partnerships with some third parties out on the West Coast. How does that kind of come together? And what is kind of the procurement of actual raw materials kind of look like in the business? Yeah. So, you know, we have partners that we work with that are doing most of the procuring of the product. You know, everything is, is has to meet a spec that we work on with them that's, you know, kind of customized to fit, you know, Ryan standards. Um, once they have that spec, they know what type of fruit that we're, you know, comfortable with them procuring. And then, you know, obviously with, within that spec is also like the moisture levels and, and everything like that. Um, but in general, you know, we work with them at a high level to come up with the types of fruits that we want to procure, and then they go and execute it and bring it in. And again, I think that from a supply chain standpoint, you know, finding the product, it's mostly all domestic at this point. It's it's not as difficult. I think, you know, you see a lot of supply chains out there that are stressed for the most part, procuring, you know, secondhand, you know, Kiwis, apples, oranges um, is is not a problem at all because it's domestic and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of product out there that is not fit to be on you know grocery store shelves at least as consumers want to see it today. Um, as that changes, you know maybe the supply chain will tighten up a little bit, um, but we have plenty of, of availability of all this product. I would love to kind of talk about the nutrition profile of the product pipeline as it is right now. I think sometimes like dried fruit sometimes gets, you know, an unhealthy wrap or eat it in moderation or people have dried fruit that has, you know, a whole bunch of things added to it. I think what makes rind so unique and special is that it's literally just the rinds of the fruit. It's just the fruit dehydrated. Can you talk about a little bit the like the nutrition profile and how it differs from me eating, let's say, an orange or a kiwi and eating a rind pack? We definitely shine when it comes to rinds products, when it comes to fiber and vitamin C. I think those are sort of our the unique calling cards and the unique attributes you get from consuming the rind and doing it in the form factor we have. It's obviously a tough proposition to to eat a fresh orange with the peel on. Um, and so we make that much more accessible with the thin cut crispy fruit chip or crispy orange chip. On average, the rind, by keeping the rind on our slices of fruit, we are increasing the fiber and vitamin content by a factor of anywhere between two and four times. One you know, proof point is our, our orange chips, which is a three ounce bag of you know, pure oranges is, you know, has 300% daily value of vitamin C in the whole bag. And that's three servings. So it almost functions like an immunity chip in a way where you're getting, you know, a significant amount of fiber, uh, 15 grams and 300% DV for vitamin C as a chip, which has never really been functional attributes known to that category at all, right? It's a category known for fried potatoes. So you're lucky to get any fiber, any protein, any benefit. Here, we're offering a product that is full of nutritional value. On the sugar point, we've definitely heard that mantra and understand that there are some lifestyles that 
you know, eschew sugars, we would agree, but with the caveat that not all sugars are created equal. And we think added sugar is the big sort of public enemy or health threat, number one. But natural fruit sugars combined with a high fiber rind create much less of a you know, burden on the body. And if anything is a slower burning snack that fills you up and gives you a feeling of satisfaction that keeps you from kind of craving endless calories. So we realize if you're following a keto diet, you know, dried fruit, which is concentrating the natural sugars when you remove the water may not be for you. But for you, for folks that do, we have products like Skin On, you know, Coconut, which is a keto-friendly rind product. Our orange chips are naturally much lower in sugar and carbohydrates than apple chips. And so kiwi, same thing. They're much more tangy than they are super sweet. And on your first point, we would never, you know, add sugar to any of our products, nor would we add sulfites or preservatives. Totally. Yeah. I think we started to talk about this a little bit before, and I, and I know you probably can't share too much with us and our listeners, but I would also love to hear kind of where Rind is heading. You've created a brand with a broad spectrum, the ability to kind of capitalize on a number of different categories. What's kind of next for the product pipeline? I know you guys just launched chips. Are you guys thinking veggies is next or other fruits or a totally different sector that I'm not even thinking of. <laughs> uh, we have a whole ride roadmap in mind. We can share a little bit of that detail, but we're super excited. We think chips from a business case expands Ryan's addressable market by a factor of 10. Um, so we think while we have no shortage of ideas thereafter, we think chips is in the very early days and we think it's going to be uh, a huge business for us in time. You know, why Chips is the $20 billion category to dried fruits $2 billion category is this, the size and scale of everything are bigger. The velocities are bigger. The, um, you know, the seasonings and the potential for different uh, blends and formulas, everything is much more expansive versus dried fruit. And we think both can be complementary to our growth, but that chips will really be sort of the the jet fuel, if you will, that propels our brand. A couple of innovations beyond just the three SKUs we launched earlier this year, which orange, kiwi, and apple, there are opportunities for, say, clean seasoning that could really increase that craveable factor of an already delicious orange chip. I won't go into too many details, but what I'd say is the same reason why salt and citrus make such great friends in a margarita could certainly be harnessed in a, you know, chip format. Chili lime. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you guys have any fun stats you could share with us and our listeners about like how much food waste you prevented? Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we've done the math and last year alone, you know, kind of our first full year of, of sales, we saved approximately 120,000 pounds of fruit from being discarded. And we think that that number is going to grow, you know, exponentially with our with our sales and our growth as a business. But it's a pretty big number. And a lot of that is just, as Matt alluded to earlier, I mean, the, the rinds of fruits is a really big percentage of the overall weight of the fruit. And by not discarding it and then dehydrating it, you're really saving a lot of fruit. So, again, 
in 2020, uh, you know, over 120,000 pounds. And we expect that to grow quite a bit this year with our growth. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. That's so exciting. We're going to transition into a section of the show that we like to call rapid fire. First to you, Ben, and then to Matt. Favorite fruit? The persimmon. Peach. Ooh, guilty pleasure. Reese's Pieces. Probably orange chips and tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. All right, I'm going to hit you with a mainline one. LeBron or Kobe? Oh, Kobe. No question. (laughs) (laughs) That's unique to Lower Marion. I'll let you guys... No, 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 no. It's not unique to Lower Marion. It's just I knew his answer, but... Yeah, of course. You can have your own answer. (laughs) I would think... I would even think LeBron would say Kobe. So I'm going to (laughs) say... That's true. Favorite pro sports team? Uh, Eagles. I'm going college sports team, even though I said pro. Uh, uh, it'd be the Duke Blue Devils. Yes. Okay. All right. Last one for you guys. Biggest passion or hobby outside of Rind? Uh, I like not very good at it. Once, you know, I, I stopped working 24-7 on Rind. Hopefully I can improve with golf. You know, most of my friends around town will tell you I'm not very good, but um, I love to play. So I'm a total bird nerd. I've been bird watching since I was a kid. Uh, it's not a very common hobby for, uh, for kids, but I've continued to do it, you know, into these new years of my life. So I'll go with birding. Awesome. That was the rapid fire section. You guys survived. Love the answers. One question that we like to ask all of our guests kind of before we wrap up is just what subscribing to wellness means to them. And and by that, what we mean is kind of what are the habits that you guys focus on on a daily basis to really help you guys live a healthier life as you guys manage the demanding business that you guys have? I'll start. I think, you know, there's no shortcuts in life and business. And it kind of all comes down to just really simple uh, routine, which is, you know, eating a whole foods diet and uh, exercising and getting good sleep. You know, those are the three key elements. You know, there's certainly some weeks better than others. We all have them. But I think those are the three elements of a healthy subscription, if you will, to wellness and journey um, and complemented by an amazing support network of, you know, family and friends. And that's no real secret. Yeah. And I, I, I'd echo a lot of that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fanatical about working out every morning. It's just a great way to start the day. It's a little bit of <laughs> alone time away from the family, usually with a good podcast and then just eating a healthy diet afterwards. Um, I just feel like if you feel good, you know, you, you think good, right? I just think it's really, really important to make sure that you're, you know, getting enough exercise and eating the right foods where, you know, your mind and body can, can work well together. Totally, totally. That perfect secret sauce, as we like to call it. Where can our listeners learn more about Rind? Cool. So shameless plug. I'd say there's a couple places, certainly our website, you know, rindsnacks.com. And then, you know, we're becoming more and more national. So our, our product could be discovered in a host of places, including the Imperfect Foods, Hungry Root, uh, Thrive Market, as well as, you know, key retailers like a Whole Foods, Wegmans, Fresh Market, uh, and many more to come. Awesome. Thanks a lot for joining us today. And again, congrats on that Series A. Um, awesome to see some great investors like Melitas and Valor on the cap table. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you guys build up towards that dream of becoming a billion dollar brand. We can't wait to see what goes in the future for you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks awesome. for the support. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great one. Yeah.
Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order some Ryan, use our 20% off custom promo code wellness20. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the support link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of the week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.